Welcome to Basic Binges on the Nom Talk Network, folks. Um, we are here today to talk about episode seven of The Last of Us. As we do every Monday, we get together, we grieve because the show is absolutely emotionally <laughs> devastating. Every episode, like we are not, this is never going to be a happy show, I'm going no. to be honest, but it is a wonderful group therapy show and you can't have a group <laughs> therapy without the best group in the world. Um, I'd love to introduce everyone, uh, for those of you who don't already know them. Um, I'll start with Mr. Jordan Roscoe. Uh, sir, how are you? I'm good. It's good to see you all. I'm so excited. We've added people to our little community. Carolyn, I'm so excited you joined us. Um, and Mike, you are the ringleader and the leader of our community. So it's good to see you all. I'm sipping on a little Mai Tai. Obviously, it's like a like a tradition. I don't know. Like, I just feel like I have to be like sustained by a nom talk mai tai every time. And I made some uh, microwavable um, cheese sticks because I just I just felt like cheese sticks tonight. So yeah, that's my nom. I always feel like you have the best food, Jordan. You have like ribs. You got cheese sticks. You had something it's just good because last I'm a, too. I forgot. It's just because I'm a fat ass, and I just need to <laughs> just like indulge every night. Dude, so, no. Uh, I if fine. you can you if if you can eat as good as you do and look like you as good as you do, I mean, like I'm jealous of that, bro. Come on, <laughs> love that. Like you look awesome. You look um, better, Mike. Hardly. Um, but uh, you know who does look amazing? Carolyn Potting. How are you, Carolyn? <laughs> uh i'm good i'm good it's it's uh it was it's raining we're getting ready to you know um we're we're getting ready for the finale i've been trying to catch up on other shows i've been doing some rewatch of another show i don't know if people have heard of it it's called the mandalorian oh i don't know I, what's that i know I've never it's, heard of it's it. really good it's about a guy and he's got a kid and he carries the kid yeah. i mean the last of us yeah oh my god i love it <laughs> It sounds a lot like it. It sounds a lot like it. I love it. Uh, and then, you know, just in general, trying to catch up on my media going into 2023. Sadly, I'm not eating anything exciting today. I do have my my extra healthy water that is so <laughs> healthy that it's invisible or that Joel's drinking all my water. But that's that's basically that's basically my. Uh, um, what, what Honestly, whatever you can use to get uh, folks to get you to hydrate. Right. I mean, that's that's what we need. But yeah. yeah, and of course, as always, I'm your host, Mike Manalo. And uh, yeah, I'm sipping on an, my usual can of Coke Zero and today uh, because I had a hard day. I've got like a packet of sugar and cookies and shit like that, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever Target like comes up with with these like holiday yeah. candy things. Um, but they're supposed to be trail mix, but I don't know any trail mix that's exclusively chocolate and cookies. That's just that's just diabetes and cavities. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. But guys, let's get into The Last of Us. Um, mm. Yesterday, another emotionally impactful episode. Um, and this one, actually, for those gamers out there, because we are on Twitch after all, um, was based mm -hmm. off of a little played DLC content piece called Left Behind. Slash also comic book piece. Um, Neil Druckmann did adapt this as a comic book as well. Um, and in the DLC uh like uh level i guess that you downloaded it was a chapter of the last of us that no one had seen when they played the first game that took place as this one does after the events of joel getting stabbed and this kind of house in the middle of winter that no one you know i'm not going to reveal what's going to happen next because you know we're going to get to that next week but essentially between the fall and the winter chapters of the last of us um and Left Behind was very, very, um, you know, it was well-received. And one of the best things that everybody got out of it was really that backstory of Ellie. Uh, the backstory that we didn't get um, at the very beginning of this series, um, that they kind of waited and saved until this very moment, um, not just to honor the game, but also because in the context of what Ellie has to deal with with Joel, um, namely, you know, the decision of whether or not to cut and run and leave, or to stick around, um, you know, she it, it reminded her of a really poignant moment where the last person that she ever really had feelings for, loved, you know, wholly, um, you know, she that's she's remembering that, you know, 
Um, and to me, this was such a heartfelt episode. It's wonderful. It's well executed. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys what you thought of it. And uh, Carolyn, since since you're the one that hasn't really played the games or, or is kind of coming into this universe new and fresh, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts first. Um, first of all, visually, if the game is any, I mean, the, from what I've seen from like screenshots and stuff and from the game, if it's anything like um, the like the visuals that were in this, it's that's beautiful. Like it was so beautifully shot and beautifully created. Story wise, I loved the extra world building that we got with with Fedra and with, uh, you know, like the divisions and the loyalties, it kind of gave you an idea about like what they were doing. So it threw a little bit of extra because we remember it's not a, it's not a zombie story. It's a human story with, that happens to have zombies in it. Um, and I loved that that queer love story mm, that it. Oh, God, I, I was like. You know, if only <laughs> I, I hope that there's at least one of those stories that ends happy. But I am a happy camper, seeing so many of them show up in a show up in a show at once. I was like, oh, really? Oh, and having Storm Reed and Bella Ramsey having two NBs on screen in the same film or in the same TV show, film, borderline film. Uh, was awesome was just so so awesome to see and I just their chemistry and everything and like I said if it's like the game if that's like what you see in the game then I am I would play the DLC because just damn I, I'm glad that you liked it um, and and yeah absolutely Storm Reed um, really knocks it out of the park obviously we know Bella's going to knock it out of the park because she's been doing that for seven episodes but um, Storm just comes in and and it's this wonderful relationship um, and and yeah um, to kind of address one of the things that you touched on as well um, that is inherent to El Ellie's character she is she is a lesbian she's gay um, and uh, the fact of the matter is if if anyone's watching this show and takes issue with the lgbtq uh storylines and plot lines and characters of this then they're not really fans of the last of us because quite frankly this has been inherent to these characters since the very first game you know so i'm i'm loving it as well i'm it's it's it not only is loyal and um very very faithful to the spirit of the game the characters all of that um but it's nice to have a story that actually um you know really puts light on uh, this underrepresented community in, in film and television. But um, yeah, uh, Jordan, I'd love to hear what you think. Did you play the DLC content? I knew you played the game, but um, did you did you play this one, Left Behind? Yeah, so when I originally played the game, it was like, I think I was like maybe two hours into finishing the game. And so I didn't like actually finish it. But it was sort of like um, when I like, got into like the whole TikTok during COVID and then like you see the things and like you subscribe to nerds and like you're like oh ew, ooh, what's this and then you like kind of get like a broken visual representation of like the last of us right um and then when I sort of found out that Ellie was gay right like that she was a lesbian and all, I was like yes I love it I love this I love the representation, right? And I think I've said this from jump and um, call me out, Mike, if you haven't heard this, but I have always loved the fact that like this entire series has made LGBTQIA plus like stories norm, right? Like we sort of got like, we got that with like Shit's Creek, right? Where it was like, oh, it's normal, it's fine. Like that's what's going on and Shit's like hilarious, like dead. Like that was my show for the entire fucking uh, pandemic. And then um, you get, you know, you know, sprinkles here and there, but this one, I'm like, this is like in your face, but almost in a way where it's like, you have to swallow it where it's like palatable and you can't say anything about it. And the people that do say things about it, you're right. They're not true fans. They're like, you haven't really played The Last of Us 2. Yep. You haven't played the DLC, right? And so I think with this whole thing that happened, right? You kind of saw it building, like, in the entire episode. And I was like, this is cute. Like, this is an adolescent, like, coming of age LGBTQ story. And we need more of this shit for people... <laughs> 
that don't necessarily identify or don't like feel comfortable identifying as that yet. And this episode, it was just, and and I'm we'll we'll talk about it in you know the latter half, but it was tear worthy, right? Like it was like episode three, like like tear worthy, like this is why Ellie is the way that she is, right? Like, and and this is why she's like, no, like mm, this is what I'm going to do in the end, right? And yeah. uh, I I loved it, I loved it, it was great. One of the things I loved as well, um, you know. There's so many in in the past six episodes prior to this one, um, you get bits and pieces of Ellie's life, you know, as she's kind of describing them to Joel, you know, um, from the Mortal Kombat Easter egg a couple of uh, episodes back, um, you know, where she's talking about Melina and how she played this game with her friend and everything. Um, you, you, You hear very prominently in one of the more emotional scenes, she tells Joel, it wasn't the first time that I've, I've harmed someone or killed someone, you know, and, and we were left wondering, oh, what's the story behind that? And we finally get it, which is lovely. Um, But to your point, Jordan, as well, one of the things I loved is, yeah, this is, it's, it's not even that this is all out front, you know, LGBTQ storytelling. This is universal storytelling at its best. Um, this is not a story about, I mean, it is a story about a, a girl, two two girls, honestly, um, coming to terms with, of course, who they are as people. But more than that, um, it's about first loves, you know, it's about your first kiss. It's about, it, it's something that's so universally inherent to all of our stories that to me, there's, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or anything, you can relate to this you know, moment with Ellie and with uh, Riley. And it's beautifully, it's beautifully directed, beautifully touching, very emotional, just wonderfully done, um, honestly. Um, so starting really, I'm going, I'm going to skip through Ellie, you know, Joel kind of shoving Ellie and saying, get out of here and her sort of hesitating for a very split second, which is what kind of triggers this flashback. Um, I want to get straight into um, Ellie running laps and kind of um, talking to, you know, at, at Fedra school, talking to her principal. And um, her principal's kind of telling her, hey, you've got a choice. I think you're bright. I actually really like you, even though you've decked this person <laughs> and gave her like 15 stitches or whatever, you know. Um, I, I, I'm I gonna let you go and here's your Walkman, but you also have two, two choices, you know, a cup, which is kind of like you being poor and, you know, taking shit from people who are who are Fedra employees like the Bethany's of the world or these keys, which basically, um, you know, symbolize you going further and and being able to per- be the person to give shit to the Bethany's of the world. And, you know, of course, Ellie starts to kind of, you know, the fact that somebody believes in her, you know, is is meaningful to her. And it, it starts to get her thinking, hey, maybe I do have a future, you know, and it's it's kind of impactful what he what he says to her. Um but it's sort of interesting because she's kind of leaning towards one direction. And when we meet Riley, she's sort of leaning towards the other direction. Um, obviously, she's full on full blown firefly and their ideologies are kind of uh, in opposition to each other. Um, let's let's, you know, say so I'm going to stop there. Jordan, what'd you think of all that? Uh, the introduction of Riley, Fedra School, you know, some of the music that they were playing Pearl Jam on her on her headphones, all that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I loved when they went to the mall and then it was like, uh, it, it was a, um, it was take on me, right? Like, and then it was like, the lights came on and everything, but I kind of liked that because these two individuals had never experienced those generations, right? Like, all they experienced was the music and they never experienced the mall, which was like a weird, like, it was a weird like millennial thing i think for me where i was like sitting here and i was like what you've never seen like a bath and body work like you've never seen a body shop like what and they're like yeah like they used to buy this and then there's like a victoria's secret right like and they're like blah 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 and what's so normal to me like what's normalized to me like they were like this like i don't know why they spent so much time looking at this shop, right? Like, and then like, yeah, I understand, but I still don't know why, right? And it kind of like 
breaks down the fact that like we spend so much time on this like frivolous shit and we don't necessarily like look at like what really matters right which is like the people that surround us the 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 morals and values that we're taught right um but i you know i thought it was so ellie and i thought it was so badass for her to just be like oh i'm gonna i'm just gonna deck you like you're gonna get <laughs> fucked up and then she like goes in and then her like superiors like this these are your options she's like i'm gonna take this and then for her to be rebellious and to like leave right like um with that and um i don't necessarily feel that like you know i think that was where ellie split where she was like yeah, I'm Cedra, but also, like, I see where the Firefly comes in, and we see later on, like, maybe why she sort of became more, you know, favorable to the Firefly influence, right? Like, because of, um, because of her adventure in this entire sort of, like, series, but, um, I thought it was, I, I you know, you get the rigorous, you get the, you, you, you get the military, the, the militant, you get all of that. And then you also get the, mm, but there's more, like there's more than that. And I think that's what happens um, in this episode. Well said and agreed. Um, you do get a sense that there is a lot more going on here. And I, I one of the things I love that you kind of pointed out is Ellie is taking so much joy in these things, like the escalators, uh, these, these stores, you know, like Victoria's Secret and everything like that, that she's never seen in her life. Um, and, and it's sort of, it's sort of these things that people in general take for granted. This is a show after all about living, about life. Um, if you didn't get that from the Bill and Frank episode, you certainly should get it here as well, because, um, there are so many luxuries that we have, you know, as society today, you know, I can go to, uh, Fox Hills or Westfield mall and, and shop easily. And I don't give it a second thought, but then for someone like Ellie, this is like, something that's never happened before so it's 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 really crazy how the show kind of reframes um these these things that we have into into these treasures um carolyn i'd love to get your thoughts what'd you think of the introduction of the fedra school the music the introduction of riley the ideologies all of it what um thoughts so a while back i compared ellie and the last of us to co-workers of mine that are gen z and I stand by that comparison because um, the everything from, not to make it overly serious, but this is the last of us, there's everything from the more militarized uh, school district where it's like, you know, you have, you don't really have opportunities for creativity or freedom because you're in this position where, you know, you have um, rules and regulations that you have to follow. The push uh, towards something more, um, uh, the push towards something more uh, adult, you know, the push towards something more mature, the push towards more, I would argue, conservative values was something that I definitely noticed. And that's, and for Ellie and for the world that they live in, it's like those, it does look appealing because, you know, that's a sense of survival. And for some people, you know, having that, for some people, those very basic things is like, you know, survival. And I, you could definitely see how in the beginning with cordyceps there might have been people in the government who were very prepared and even excited for things like fedra to have happened um and then you progress into and i remember watching i actually watched the after show for this one because it was just so pretty like i wish that the mall wasn't overgrown and infested with zombies because like i would shop there in with its weird what we like to call bisexual lighting with the purple and everything um and the pink and i was just like i feel this i feel at home here um but the the after show called it what would it be like to skip school in the world of cordyceps in the world of last of us and it's like this is where you'd go you'd skip school and you'd go and you'd go with that kid that you know you maybe had kind of a romantic interest in that wild kid that bad boy the danny zuko to the um Oh God, Sandra D. Sandy. Danny Zuko to the, Zan the Sandra D. So Danny Zuko, you know, took Sandra D of a sort out to um, the mall. And as a millennial, um, you know, and again, drawing it back to the comparisons with my coworkers, um, I think that they have a very different grasp of 
materialism and of like shopping like that than I do. And he, even like, they're not afraid to go to the mall. It's just like, you know, they're going to go to the mall and they're going to actually do something like what Ellie and Riley did. They're going to go to the mall and they're going to, you know, not buy anything, but they're going to do things. They see it, but it's just like, you know, okay, it doesn't really matter to me. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm here to go to the club or I'm here to go to this or I'm here to go to that. And it's like, you, you find them less concerned with um, material materialist things and more concerned with experiences. And I definitely got that vibe from Ellie and Riley being in this mall. And it was refreshing to see as someone who grew up with so much excess, it was refreshing to see two people who were just surprised by it. It reminds you of how lucky you are to have gone to the mall and ridden the carousel just like you know you would at South Coast Plaza or you know gone to the mall like you would at downtown Disney and just run around in the fountain like you know just all those different places that you would go where you have that excess and you know maybe next time you go you shouldn't next time you go shopping you know we shouldn't be looking at what we're buying we should be looking at the artwork and the art the architecture that they put into it so that was nice heartbreaking heartbreaking but nice it is actually really funny how the show kind of um indulges in these these sort of um you know the these small pleasures in life um and and the experience as you you put it carolyn of going to the mall rather than actually the mall itself um and i think it touches very beautifully on kind of what jordan said about the appreciation of uh the people that you're with if you're doing it with someone like riley then the mall can be the most magical thing in the world. Um, mm. I also really wanted to gush about the soundtrack because Aha, uh, Take On Me is my favorite 80s song of all time. It is also incredibly important uh, to the character of Ellie if you've played the game. It's a nice little nod to, to something that you see in, in The Last of Us Part Two, which I won't spoil here uh, for those who haven't played it, but um, they do, they do uh, reference Take On Me in that game. And uh, I, I also, this wasn't referenced in the game at all, but the carousel uh, was actually playing Just Like Heaven by The Cure, uh, which I also mm -hmm. love. It was like the, the, the nicest rendition of, uh, of, of a carousel song you could ever get because it's, it's The Cure, it's Just Like Heaven. Um, but yeah, um, I, I kind of loved, I loved the soundtrack on this, on this episode. It was just, uh, it was lovely. Um, so yeah, uh, so Riley and of course uh, uh, Ellie get to the mall as we mentioned, and Riley promises the four wonders. Scratch that, the five wonders of the the mall because one of the wonders becomes the escalator, and um, you know uh, they 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 go and they discover the next wonder, which is the the wonderful carousel. Um, the the wonder after that is the arcade, which was awesome. Uh, the fourth wonder is technically the joke book. Um, and then the fifth wonder is, of course, the Halloween shop. And it's funny because somebody, um, you know, I, I I was watching, I believe it was New Rockstars or another YouTube channel, breaking down some of the Easter eggs from this episode. And forgive me for, this isn't my original idea, but I think it was, it was a really cool uh, connection that they were saying. Um, it really kind of... The five wonders embody the experience of growing up, I think. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the the accidental escalator is supposed to be like, oh, a childbirth, because sometimes those are accidents. The innocence of riding a merry-go-round, it's the first ride that you can get on when you're that small, you know. Uh, becoming a, a adolescent through something like an arcade, but also like the Victoria's Secret um, moment, um, you know, and then like, uh, I guess you know, experiencing your first kiss and experiencing your first love um, at the end. And I thought that that was a really interesting way of looking at it. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, what what you guys think about these wonders potentially symbolizing the journey of youth and growing up um, in adolescence. Um, Carolyn, I'll start with you. Um, thoughts on on that potential analogy? Well, I like, I like that analogy. I mean, it's just, I, I actually really like that analogy because it's like I was saying, you know, for somebody, it's a very millennial experience though. And so it was really, I felt my age for a moment when you said that and now I'm comparing it in my head and I'm like, oh no, oh no, I'm old. But um, because, because it really, it, they're, they're good um, examples of, of, you know, things that like, you know, when you do grow up in a mall, you do, you do, you know, and you spend all your, your life there. 
that's an encapsulation of American culture. So I would argue that it is um, a uniquely, it, it is a, a mile, milestones, but they're, it was showing them through a uniquely American way. And when you compare it to last episode with um, uh, to Tommy and uh, the commune, and then you see this monument to excess that has been destroyed, but you have all of these people who are experiencing the real joy of the art of what it is, you know, then you, you, there's a really interesting parallel of like, you know, okay, it's really not about the things, it's about the experiences that we have. And growing up, um, and, 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 you know, growing up through that, uh, it's, I'm seeing a very interesting metaphorical parallel, but I like, I like that idea. Also, when you said that, I just realized that um, with what happens in the Halloween shop, it's full of graves. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's the journey of life, too. You die. Um, you, you end up it, it, with what happens in the Halloween shop. Their their whole thing is that the two of them finish looking at a grave. That's um. Yeah. Oh, that's that's heartbreaking. Um, but you know, any, anyways. Um, Jordan, what about you? What did you think of um just kind of that metaphor? Which, by the way, it was Screen Crush. Um, to give credit where credits due. Uh, it was a really lovely episode of uh recapping the Easter eggs, but. Um, yeah, this this idea of this mall kind of being a metaphor for for life, uh, journey into youth and adulthood. Yeah, you know, you want to know it's funny. I didn't even look at it like that, and it was only because I was I was looking at it for you know review purposes. And then now that you said that, it's very interesting because you know when Ellie gets taken out of her sort of environment, right, and then she's like no okay maybe and then you're like we've all had that sort of like rebellious spirit right where we've been like cool like let me do something different right and then we sort of get this like stranger things vibe right like when the mall gets turned on and you're like oh cool like you're you're in another world and like this is what's going on and um I, you know it it, it 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 it's interesting because you're right. Like, I would go to the mall, right? Like, to be like, oh, like, I want to get this at this store. And it would be like $2. And I'd be like, oh, I got a shirt for like five bucks. And then like, but you'd be like, oh, the guys or the girls or all of them, you know? And it would be like, a, like it would be like an adolescent, uh, an adolescent experience, right? Like, that you would go through and like, you would cherish, right? And I feel like Riley was giving that to um ellie in this right where she was like yeah like experiences blah 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 um so it, it it's very interesting that you say that because um yeah it, it it definitely was a reflection on adolescence but also like adolescence in a time when like you couldn't necessarily be a kid right like you, you couldn't necessarily be a kid and feel safe like 100 percent, even though uh, Riley was like, no, it's fine. Like they, they, they cut this place off. Like it's good. Like, and then eventually we see the clicker, right? Like we see the thing that attacks them and, you know, that eventually becomes the downfall of this, you know, relationship, but also the, um, sort of the plot line to Ellie's story. Right. And so I feel like I, you know, it, 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 it was well played, um, and it definitely was sort of like a Riley knew what she was doing and Ellie was just sort of along for the ride. And it was a really good experience. 100% agreed. Uh, I'm going to pause everyone really quickly because cue ball, our good friend, redeemed hydrate. So everybody take a, take a sip. And as we do that, I would like to give a shout out to our two friends on the chat um, right now. Uh, Boba Fett, how you doing? And of course, our wonderful, good friend, Q-Ball, who's always, uh, you know, in for the ride. Thank you both for joining. We love you guys as always. Uh, don't forget to spend your nom talk points on crazy shit uh, to get us to do uh, whatever the hell you want and uh, to make us look like complete asses. Um, really, Mike? Don't <laughs> encourage that. Also, Q-Ball, Q, I'm so disappointed that it took this long for me to follow you on instagram so please don't get mad and please Aww. don't redeem your nom talk points to get back at me 
Please, please, please. Oh I feel my. Like, I feel like that you're just inviting him. You did that. <laughs> you did terrible. That. Yeah, mate. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I opened the floodgates. <laughs> it's okay. This is the only show that you could do this kind of crazy stuff at, guys. So, uh, so while I won't encourage it for my own self-preservation and, uh, you know, for, <laughs> you know, I, also Q-Ball says he promises Jordan. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think you're safe for now. At least we'll see. Uh, oh, wait. Um, so oh, Boba Fett redeemed um, word ban. And uh, the band, the band's not in place yet, but the word is the. So it's going to be very difficult for Ooh. us, but we are going to try to move forward without saying the word the starting now. Wait, what word? The. T-H-E. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, the article. Um, so we'll <laughs> start now. <laughs> it's going to be tough, but... Um, God, uh, show represents <laughs> loss of innocence in a way because Ellie and Riley lose <laughs> their innocence um, at the end. Damn it! At at end of this episode. <laughs> uh, but that being said, okay. Um, episode progresses to uh riley giving ellie joke book volume two and uh talking to her about joining fireflies um yes and that ends up sending both of them into a little bit of conflict with one another I kind of got through all of that a little bit better. Um, Sounds yeah. good. Sounds so, good. Sounds good. So, Jordan, um, what did you think uh, of that? Oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I I thought that it was uh, extremely well done, um, and that. <laughs> way, way in which it was done was great um i also thought that way uh that they sort of referred to both of fireflies and um uh fedra was great i feel like we saw conflict and it was well done in a way where it was palatable for both people that had played game and not game <laughs> um and well done you know, yeah, and my friend who is watching this with her husband is enjoying this and is also following along in a way where they can understand that, you, you know, this is what's going on versus like, oh, we're a purist, like, this shouldn't happen, like, this shouldn't, you know, be a thing. And yeah it was um yeah i thought it was done in a very spectacular manner well done sir <laughs> damn that was good that was good that's <sighs> good stephanie is word ban over why did i uh, no okay uh oh two more boy. minutes carolyn right. what did you think of scenes with <laughs> riley admitting that she joined fireflies to um ellie let's talk about riley ellie and apocalypse apocalyptic organizations apocalypses are funny things 
they bring people together and tear people apart from a societal perspective stories like this represent common divisions that we often see stories where people are forced to make choices between good and evil evil remind us that being human is more than black and white choices um one could argue we're one of mind one could argue we're one of mind Uh-oh. i think we lost carolyn did we lose you right when we were at oh, oh yeah and they right. um, it was one could argue we're we're clear by the way you could okay, use that yeah <laughs> okay um one could argue that in the beginning, uh, Fedra might have had a positive goal. Um, however, like I pointed out, you're when you're coming from such a place like that, I would argue that the government prior to, even if we're thinking about 2003, the government prior to it was very conservative. And if you look at um, where the government was in 2003, you could definitely see what would put in place policies that would eventually become sort of the fascist organization that people are describing it as. Um, bans uh, on individuals because of their skin color, uh, the creation of the TSA, the creation of the Department of Homeland Security, all of that leans into the creation of Fedra for this fictional reality. So it's something that people can relate to. Yeah. Um, I find myself in a position where uh, I am not, I cannot in good conscience defend Ellie's brainwashing and propaganda into believing, however briefly, that Fedra is, is, a good guy because they are very clearly not Mm. um i can see how she would come to that conclusion speaking solely out of ignorance uh for riley uh riley start riley's decision starts with oh i'm uh, this person saw me and they liked me and they wanted to do this. And then as it progresses, there's like, well, they were, Fedor was going to put me in some place that was kind of crappy anyway. Uh, so I didn't really want to be there. So I made my own decision. And that's, that's ultimately what Ellie wants too. And that's ultimately what she thinks Fedor will give her, but it's not. And it won't is the idea that you can make your own decision and, uh, it's a it's a grow it's a moment that grow, where both of them kind of grow up a little bit because I think that uh, Riley Riley is very clearly torn about leaving to go with the Fireflies because she doesn't immediately bail she just kind of sits there and allows herself to be sad and I'll be honest with you I don't think she would have left yeah. um, period because she cared and Ellie ends up going back so the two of them end up finding the third path which is the only path that works which is the democratic socialism of the commune. <laughs> so that's the ultimate, you know, so there's always a third option and a third road, but both of them arrive at that conclusion based on realizing that both of their positions are difficult. And I, it makes me wonder, um, you know, I, I, I am hesitant to believe rightfully or wrongfully that the fireflies just just even based on like apocalyptic scenarios like terminator and everything else i'm really hesitant to believe the fireflies are all sunshine and rainbows and and golden unicorn farts i really am so um neither side is good and ultimately tommy and everybody else those that's the right one (laughs) so you know when when in doubt your two roads diverged in yellow wood i took my car and plowed right through the middle Well said, Carolyn. And and by the way, bravo guys for doing the uh the word ban. Um Cue Ball, I, I also wanted to say um I think you wanted me to read a point of yours. Um I'm more than happy to. I do not see it right now. If you want to resend it, I'm more than happy to to read that out. Um, because I think that if, if you have something really wonderful to say and contribute, um, send it through. I'll I'll definitely read it out for you. Um I that deleted being- it. He, del- <laughs> he specifically deleted it. No. Um, <laughs> reset. Reset. Um, but that being said, 
Um, no, Carolyn, you, you definitely have a point. I'm hoping members of Congress are watching The Last of Us and taking <laughs> jokes. Because <laughs> that would be kind They're of not. They're not, you know, um, but but that would be amazing. Um, I will say this, though, and and I, I not not that I disagree with you, because I don't. I actually do think Fedra are, they do represent jackbooted fascists, you know, essentially, and Nazis. Um, but at the same time, when we take a look at the idea of not having some sort of control over a QZ, we get Kansas City. And mm -hmm. that was almost infinitely worse because people were abusing power to meet their own personal benefits and self-gain, um, you know, and, and you know, when you've got a situation like a Kathleen versus a Henry and Sam situation, um, you know, it, it kind of makes you grateful for the idea that there might be some sort of structure there, of course, right? Mm -hmm. um, so do you, do you think that Fedra in some ways, because you're right, there's there's always going to be shitty, but also some decent people on one side and the other side as well. But do you think Fedra might potentially still be somewhat necessary at all oh absolutely or else yeah. or else you'll get a kansas city yeah yeah absolutely i think that um in, in uh, again going back to the there when george washington died there is a quote <laughs> apparently his last words on his deathbed were do not form political parties after my death for they will tear this country asunder and then he dies um and, and then everybody formed political parties. And everybody forms political parties. <laughs> and it is the personal investment that, of people in their own interest. It's the personal investment that people have of their own interests in those parties that yeah. makes them have a serious problem. Federa is necessary, full stop, because when you have so many people, I'm just expounding tonight. I'm so sorry, y'all. Um, That's well, an interesting absolutely. point to expand on. Well, Federa is very. Um, uh, Fedra has a necessary, Fedra serves a necessary goal, which is the idea that um, in the wake of having the total displacement of human society, you have to have somebody pick up the pieces. Otherwise, we will revert to a totally agrarian nomad society. And um, human nature has consistently pushed with all of our technology towards the idea that we are moving towards a, a larger group society of consciousness. If we did not move towards a conscious group where we were all together and we all agreed on a singular civilized concept, all of the gains that we have made as a species would disappear because everything, and this is the biggest problem with people that control things like social media platforms and with other stuff. Ellie and um, Riley exist in a period where they don't have that access. Fedra is trying to keep them in going towards the single goal where you have to have everybody united. And it's terrible because, yeah, you, yeah, you, it gives people an opportunity to abuse that. And people abuse that system all the time. You don't have to set foot on the internet to realize that people abuse that system where they have, every, where they have a sense of people who are trying to move everybody together and everybody's going to be like, I'm going to exploit it because I see the crowd moving that way. People abuse it all the time. At the same time, unfortunately, it is necessary. The key is exactly what the two of them do, which is move together, find a third path. And then as you can see, simply by necessity, they're moving into a third path with, once again, uh, Tommy and the commune and everything else. They're moving towards a third path. Do I think that's perfect? No. I think human beings are inherently... Uh, inherently push back against the idea of a single tribal of a single tribe mm. um, which isn't bad uh, I just think that um, for some reason our species lacks the respect to move between Fedra the concept of Fedra or the concept of Firefly you have you can't have a third option but we cannot we are trapped in the idea that we cannot abandon our pursuit of coming together because if we abandon our pursuit of coming together you lose every sense of who we are. There's this philosopher named Marshall McLuhan who said the medium is the message. What we're doing right now on Twitch, talking to people about this is pushing humanity forward. If we weren't doing this, I wouldn't get to talk to Jordan. I wouldn't hear Jordan's perspective on LGBTQ issues. Mike, you wouldn't hear Jordan's perspective on those issues, but I also wouldn't hear your perspective on any issues. And because of that, our experiences as human beings would be less. 
Mm. So Federer pushes people towards that singular forward goal, which media does as well, but Federer pushes people towards that goal scenes media. Without something else that ties people together in like a third thing, it all falls apart. So yes, they are jackbooted thugs. Um, <laughs> it is not necessary to have jackbooted thugs. Uh, there is no comfortable middle between jackbooted thugs and full resistance fighters, unfortunately. Mm. And that well is the terror and the horror of being a human being. Well said. Um, Jordan, Jordan, rebuttal, uh, support, <laughs> what, what do you think? Um, that was that was brilliant, but uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like she's right, like, in a <laughs> lot of ways, right? Like, um, you can't necessarily have yin without the yang, right? Like, you can't have, like you can't have some extreme without the other without some sort of balance and i feel like um this sort of series like represents that right like where even though they like try to like venture off and get away from certain aspects of like you know uh fedra and certain aspects of firefly like they they ultimately encounter one aspect of the other right like there isn't like there there isn't a middle ground where they're like we could stay here and it'd be fine like we we could ignore everybody and it'd be cool right like it'd be like the walking dead for like a couple months and then it's like oh shit like we're getting attacked right um i feel like this is just the reality right where it's like um there's good in both and like there needs to be some sort of consensus and we haven't found that in this series, right? Like we haven't found that. And it's it's basic instinct survival, right? Like it's like, this is what I'm doing to survive. This is what I'm doing to like keep Dole alive or to keep Ellie alive and like to keep all this stuff alive, right? Like as humans. And we haven't seen sort of the, well, when is the break? When, when is the breath of air, right? Like we haven't seen that. And mm -hmm. I don't think we will, right? Like, I don't think we will in this series. Um, and that's what makes this series so palatable. So, like, uh, is that, like, at the end of every episode, you're like, <laughs> right? Like, you want more and you want to see what happens. And, um, uh, you know, I, you know, for entertainment purposes, this is fucking, like, crack, right? Like, yeah. this is oh, yeah. the oxygen that you need, right? Like, to continue. And um, for, you know, people that are like, well, I'm not really into this stuff. They're like, okay, but like, what next? Like, I'm not really excited, but like, what next? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. Like, you have to fucking like wait and see, like all of us, right? Like, and um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's just, I just feel like this entire series is just so well done. Like, it's done in a way where it's like, Carolyn can watch it and be like, get those like, philosophical moments where we're like cool <laughs> right like yep. like you mike can watch it and then we're like ooh, like that didn't make sense but also like we agree with you carolyn like it's a larger picture right and and yeah. i love it and i love it i agree and as far as how to solve you know the balance of humanity you know the uh whether or not you have the fascist you know fedras or the anarchists or whatever the way that you solve this is just let the cordyceps win. Uh, no one is ever going to. Yeah, no one's going to question that. The cordyceps know what's up. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, no, no. Uh, but Mike's that being like, said. I'm giving up. <laughs> well, when you think about it, if the cordyceps take over, there's no government or fighting or bias. Everybody's just the same. It's just. I'm fighting. fighting. Well, well I'm okay. Fighting. Okay. Let me offer, let me offer a rebuttal here to my, my giant philosophical <laughs> rant that I had. Um, what, sure. Mike is, what Mike is describing, the idea of giving up and letting the cordyceps win is effectively, yeah, it would work because you lose the individuality that human beings yeah. have. And some people would argue that that's the weakest point, but the strength of the series, as Jordan has said, is that it is a, a human connection story. So at the very end, when you have Riley and you have Ellie and you have those moments that they have, <laughs> that is what you work towards. And you do it just day by day, but even thinking about 
those final moments, um, I am tearing up about it because that was yeah. just, I needed that as a, as a young queer kid, as a young LGBTQIA plus kid, um, yeah. I keep wondering what my life would have been like if I'd seen something like that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Well, well said as well. Um, cue ball. Thank you. You redeemed hydrate and stretch. So everyone take a, take a swig. And stretch. Uh, Okay. This has probably been one of the most insightful conversations I think we've had on this show from a from a political philosophical standpoint. I'm I'm really enjoying the conversation here and I'm grateful for it, guys. Um hopefully you guys watching are also enjoying the the chat. Um getting into the emotional aspects of it carolyn because like you you touched on on this point and it really is kind of the climax of this episode um it's the moment of course that you know ellie and riley they kiss and they have this wonderful wonderful happy moment and because the last of us just doesn't want us to have nice things uh the cordyceps yeah the cordyceps infected guy goes and attacks them and bites both of them and you know we we get riley who's just kind of at peace and accepted it and they talk about in the after show it's because she's experienced loss but ellie who's never experienced that sort of loss before is frustrated and angry and devoid of any hope and just smashing things you know um and then of course they you know riley says hey we've got ironically enough we've got two two paths kind of um, we either kill ourselves and just end it right here, or we just, we, we take the time, you know, and just enjoy the last, uh, moments that we have here, you know, and we don't see anything that happens next, but we kind of already know, cause it's implied that Ellie's not going to turn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what did she do when Riley turned, you know, if they just mm-hmm. sat there and enjoyed themselves, which is probably one of the most gut-wrenching things that they don't show you on this on this uh in this episode or ever on the series the implications behind it are probably even more shocking and and harrowing than you know um anything that we could have actually seen on screen but i'd love to see what what people thought about that um and it's weird i think we're seeing things not getting posted on the chat so i apologize uh cubal i know that you're trying to um type something out please feel free to continue trying we we want to get you in there but um jordan i'd love to um i'd love to to kick it to you and just ask you what you thought about this emotional moment about uh what was unseen versus what we saw um how did you take all of this um these final moments with with riley and and ellie yeah so i kind of saw it coming when (laughs) um we sort of had them playing Mortal Kombat in the arcade and then all of a sudden the uh infected like wakes up and is like uh and I was like oh this might be the reason why Ellie knows she's immune to this virus that's going on right and then you know those of us that have played or know of The Last of Us 2 hold on Okay, sorry, Carolyn, spoiler alert. But um, like those of us that have, yeah, yeah, closures. Those of us that have played Last of Us 2 know that this isn't like Ellie's girlfriend, right? Like we know that that's not the case. You could, you can open your, okay, you're good, you're good, you're good. Right. Your Very good. Good. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, and so I was like, this was a pivotal moment in Ellie's journey into sort of like her being and her coming into herself right and um to be fair i wasn't expecting riley to be like ah oh, i was bit too but I-, I was totally expecting ellie to be like ah oh, fuck i'm bit and she's like fuck and then she gets mad and then she's like uh and um you know to expect it and then to see riley I was like, God damn it. I was like, God fucking damn it. I was like, fuck, like, Jesus, oh, what the hell? And and Ellie thinking that, like, this is their last moments on Earth, like, to spend with each other, right? And then Ellie doesn't know that, like, she's immune at this moment, right? Um, 
that was definitely a, like I, I I was like fuck like it was almost like a repeat of episode three right where you're like you're watching it and you're like damn it like oh like I want to heal you both but you can't right like there's no cure there's no nothing um and then transitioning to Ellie just trying to find anything that she can save Joel with right I'm like god damn it like this is one of the best kids like that I've known ever right like and doing that and then you know towards the end when she like goes down and like holds Joel's hand and Joel's like oh god I'm like Pedro Pascal like I will save you like your daddy like I'll save you like I'll save the TV just punch you literally I'm like shut the fuck up like let me just like let me just so you right um yeah and and um i just i it was heart-wrenching it was definitely last of us essence right like we we saw it but also it kind of left me with hope in the very end right like you saw it and you're like dang like this is um you know it, it, it she's doing what she can to like to help him and do all that stuff and I, I thought this entire episode was just beautifully done. It was, it was done in a way where it was, it was, <laughs> it was displayed in a way where people that hadn't done the video games or hadn't experienced it, like they could follow it and it was beautiful. But people that did do the video games, like it was, you know, we followed and, 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 and we journeyed and it was beautiful. Right. So it really was. It really felt almost like an indie movie. Like yeah. uh, you see yeah. a coming of age indie movie of two uh, people who are falling in love and, and kind of discovering that for the first time, uh, only to get bitten by zombies and die. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, you, got, you got to wonder, I mean, like if you cut off Riley's arm at the moment she's bitten, does it stop the infection? Like, I got to wonder, you know, Um but this is a walking I, dead. We don't yeah. know. I, that's true. You know? Is everybody already infected? I don't think so. Okay, I good. would hope not. But good. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, if it if it spreads through your bloodstream and you cut it off. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to um Caroline, I definitely want to get your thoughts on this emotional ending. But before I do, uh, because our friend Cuball has been trying to pace this for a while, um, I wanted to read it off. Um Q-Ball said, relating to Jordan's point, we do need more LGBTQ characters being normalized in these shows. Hear, hear. Um, if we can continue to see and watch them, it would lead to us to a better future and community overall. Increased tolerance, absolutely. Um, one would, you know, I would hope, anyways, um, that that would be the case. Um, but well well stated, uh, Q-Ball, and, and agreed. And then um, Boba Fett also said, I hope this doesn't come off as rude and I apologize in advance, but if I may share, the show is one of the first shows where gay couples feel natural in the writing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like sometimes on some shows, it feels like they put something in there uh, for the views and it makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So I give a lot of props to the show for making it beautiful. You are not coming off as rude at all, um, Boba Fett. You are actually coming off as very real and that I appreciate so much. Mm studios a lot of times if i may and forgive me guys i'm gonna get on a soapbox really quickly studios have, a ten- studios have a tendency to pander and yep. it's not because they actually give a crap about the communities that they're trying to actually that they think they're supporting they're really not in it for the support support mm-hmm. of those communities they're in it for the community's money and that's Great, all they care about <laughs> so yeah so there's a lot of cash grabbing bull crap um that happens i hate to say it too because i <laughs> I love Marvel. I love Star Wars. I, I I love Disney as well. But um, and and Carolyn, no offense. Sorry. I hope I'm not crossing any lines here. But I think that they do it a lot. They queer bait a lot on their shows and their movies. They'll put in throwaway scenes of characters that are gay, not because they actually care about these characters, but because they think it's going to attract audiences within the LGBTQ community. And it actually comes across as soulless and pandering and you know condescending in a way, uh, because it's like hey, we'll throw you a bone here. 
here are these characters. They're not particularly important characters, but they're gay. So there you go. And then they'll pat mm. themselves on the back for it and go, hey, we created the first gay characters in Star Wars. Well, if you actually cared that much about the gay community, why isn't your character at the front and center of your goddamn Star Wars story? Why are they on the freaking side? And they're just like, oh, we pass over them with the camera. And now we're going back to the straight people um, or, or whoever. Or they'll they'll toss in a line like, she's got help when nothing at all called for it in the middle of a movie, you know? Um, and it's just because you're trying to pander and make money. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> Last of Us is actually one of those few times where these matter, these, these issues are inherent in the storytelling and the characters. And it's not at all to do with trying to sell this on specific communities. It's trying to paint a picture of who these characters are uh, and and unify these characters with the human experience because the LGBTQ community needs to be acknowledged in these shows and in these uh, movies as human experiences that are on par with everyone else's human experiences. The the universality of it, first loves, people that we we growing up discovering yourself, you know, all of that are things that we should be relating to, but we have a hard time relating to it because. Unfortunately, bigotry still exists in this nation. And if we normalize it, if we make these stories important, and if we make these stories things that, uh, you know, people can relate to on a fundamental level, inherent to these characters that are the most important things about these shows, then I think we definitely can make a damn difference in this, uh, in, in, in entertainment. And here's, here's hoping that happens in the future. So, um, yeah. Um, Carolyn, I'm so sorry. I'm getting off my soapbox. I delayed your response really quickly. <laughs> I'd love to get into your emotional reaction to all this. You shared a little bit of it with us. Please share more because we want to hear everything that you felt when Riley and and El, uh, sorry um, Ellie um, kind of spent their final moments together. Um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up normalizing these kinds of reactions because apart from the absolute and utter bigotry that came from episode three, there are a lot of people who are on the uh, opposite mm. side uh, who have enjoyed the show. Um, mm. And I think that I find that very interesting and one can only hope that the power of art will reach across those kinds of things. Um, and if it doesn't, it betrays hypocrisy in the highest form, pure mm. and simple. Because you can't say, oh, I love this aspect, but you can't love the pure, you can't love the core of a particular mm. character. Interesting. Interesting. It is interesting that you do that. I'm curious. Um, it was, it, I, I, I will do my best to be brief. Um, I think that uh, the whole, this whole episode, as someone who grew up as a, as a femme, as a, as a femme presenting queer person, um, I am very, I felt uh, it was very warm and fuzzy to see this. Um, it's not something that I think you would normally see in the kind of shows that I like. I don't like shows that uh, are just very romancy. I don't like more, you know, I don't like comedies that have this kind of stuff. And if you're in the LGBTQ community, um, you're either in a comedy where you're funny and you're gay or you're in a tragedy where you're funny and you're gay. Mm -hmm. This was a tragedy, mm -hmm. but it was also kind of funny. It just felt very, and it was in sci-fi. And you know, you never get mm -hmm. to see that. You don't see in sci-fi, mm -hmm. you, you just see, you know, you're, you're either in a very real world, painful, tragic situation, or you're in a very real world, funny situation where you're just like slay queen. And you say that and you feel <laughs> so, you're, and 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 you're doing it just to make somebody else feel good, and you're like, oh, okay. Or in this, in my case, you'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Home Depot. Um, <laughs> I think Jordan knows the video I'm referring to. Go to Ace. Go to Ace. All right, babe. right. Um, so, but uh, uh, that's and that's that's just it. It's like you have um, uh, it it was just really nice to see and. The fact that it was a very Romeo and Juliet esque story too, mm. um, mm -hmm. but the core the core of it is, and the core of all of my points this evening are simply that, uh, much like they said, much like Neil Druckmann said in the last in the end show, uh, for Ellie it is about living in every single moment, and that is what you should do no matter the circumstances because the best things in life come from living fully and utterly in every single moment. And it is the hardest thing that any human being can do 
no matter who you are, or where you come from, living in every single moment. But that's what I think the show, the core message of the show is trying to convey, at least in this episode, is live fully and completely in every single moment that you exist. The rest well, of it is <laughs> well, well said. Um, guys, I know that we could do this forever. This was such an insightful, brilliant, wonderful conversation, getting to talk mm-hmm. to you guys about this. You know, uh, it's important for us to touch on these topics with a show like this, especially because the show's not pulling any punches and it's criticisms of of not just media and, and you know, how media typically interprets these things versus how they should interpret these things uh, and, and represent the LGBT community, um, but also uh, in the political spectrum and what we could potentially do as human beings to actually get together. And I think we touched on so much of that today. So grateful for the conversation i think everybody watching this is a hundred times smarter because of of you guys and i i appreciate it um you know on that note i think um we'll have to wrap it up but um jordan i'll kick it to you where can everyone find you and do you have any final words (laughs) yes absolutely you can find me on instagram today stars 13 uh i post funny stories i don't post any funny posts it takes too long to post posts and i'm like i i'm just gonna do it also i'm representing one of our like local also is always on all the time kenjanator kenj if you're watching right. got my gate walker saga sweater i'm so happy it's so warm also y'all better fucking order this shit because it's so warm and i'm like it's raining what there's a hood hey so you know what i'm saying um anyway uh yeah there it is that that gatewalker saga sweatshirt looks really really cozy really comfortable and i love the design um it definitely uh you know hats off to the kenjinator and his his pops uh because they've got the gatewalker saga every sunday i think on twitch um we miss you kenji hopefully you're doing okay buddy and uh hopefully we'll get to chat with you at the next one um amazing um carolyn uh where can everyone find you uh you can find me on instagram at carolyn's geek out c-a-r-o-l-y-n-s geek out and then on twitter for as long as we have twitter at carolyn in <laughs> um and then uh today my shirt is not nearly as cool as gatewalker but my shirt is anti-censorship uh my 1980s anti-censorship shirt that my uh my stepdad gave me um but it's not nearly as cool as supporting your friend's podcast, which you should always do. And as for final words, my only final words are remember, live in every single moment. And always remember that while you might be moving towards a singular group, you know, what makes the you the best part of that group is that you're special and individual. Absolutely. And uh, oh. I've been Mike Manalo um, at TidyBullBoy182 on Instagram and Twitter, but also on the nerdsofcolor.org, whattowatch.com, and that's at LA. And my final words are, let the Cordyceps win. Let them take <laughs> over the world. <laughs> Cordyceps rule forever. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm Mike! Kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> live, live fully. You're, you've got the Kip Brockman hair from The Simpsons. You're like, I, for one, welcome our new... Mar- our new mushroom overlords (laughs) no 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 um in all seriousness um live live hard love hard and of course tune in in the next episode of non-talk network um and and basic binges um the next show will be talking about peter pan who knows who knows how to live better than peter pan right and uh, yeah, that'll be Wednesday. But uh, if you guys can't tune into that, then come on back next Monday. Same Cordycep channel, same Cordycep time. Um, and uh, until then, keep safe, keep warm. And uh, thanks again for watching. We love you guys. Bye.